Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Kent. I am Doug Kent, and I'm joined by my co-host, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, for another exciting edition of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, the best of Mother's live show, questions from viewers over the years, and her powerful and insightful responses and answers that are just as relevant today as they were when Mother delivered them way back when. And Talking about way back when, we have somebody who's been here a long time, <laughs> our own, my co-host, Father Joseph Mary mm-hmm. Wolf. Great to see you again. How can we believe without hearing? And so that's what we want to present on EWTN is the truths of our faith. And Mother did so effectively that we can always gain something from her. Right. Let's look at the four topics we'll be dealing with. Faith and the women at the tomb, uh, very relevant for where we are in the, in the Easter season. How often should I go to confession? Start praising God, and that's the whole point. Let's talk about faith and the women Mm -hmm. at the tomb. It was interesting, too, because this woman talked about working with the deaf. Mm -hmm. Right, and she's doing this work. And um, so she's trying to do something good, even though she has her own limitations, her own physical troubles and handicaps as well. And uh, I was thinking about, you know, Doug and I, or Doug, you and I went to Father Rochelle's funeral. Right. And there was a wake before that. And there were different speakers talking about his effect on their lives. And I was thinking of Mother Agnes uh, Mary Donovan, who is uh, foundress with Cardinal O'Connor of the Sisters of Life. And she said, when she first presented this to Father Groeschel, he said, this will not be easy. (laughs) (laughs) This will not be easy. And it wasn't easy. And uh, every any new community, as I could tell you, has its ups and downs and real struggles at the beginning. But what a beautiful group they have become. And that's what Mother's really bringing home here, is that we don't have to have everything guaranteed that all is going to go well. Uh, we go out in faith, and that's part of the excitement of it, right? That's the beauty of it, that we're going to trust in the Lord's providence. One of the things she points out, too, is, is the idea of not just having faith, but praying for faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good point, too. Increase our faith, the apostles said, and we should say that, too. Mother says that she prays for faith, hope, and love to grow every day, and we certainly need that. There's also an interesting story in here where she talks, she recounts again uh, when she asked our Lord for a television (laughs) station, as she says, without knowing what I was really asking for. Right. And again, it's like, I don't know where this is going to lead, but... There's going to be a certain excitement about that. What's God going to do? A certain anticipation because he's calling us to do something new. He's not telling us everything, but he's giving us enough for the next step. Absolutely. And she took that next step. Faith and the women at the tomb. We have a call. Hello? Hello? Hello. Where are you from? Uh, my name is my name is Joan Iannucci. Okay. And I'm from Olympia Fields, Illinois. Great. What can I do for you? Well, I'm, I'm a miss. I uh, work with the deaf. 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 Hearing okay. impaired. Okay. And deaf. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. But a lot of times, I get questions. Can you hold on? I have to turn my TV down. Okay. We're not going anywhere. We can wait. I think we can wait. (laughs) 
Where is your TV? <laughs> I'm back. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I was just wondering, a lot of people ask me um, how to, about prayer and how I reach, how uh, I touch, how Jesus works through us. Yeah. And I myself have, a, like I said, shunt in my head. I had neurosurgery when I, about in 1984 and 85, and um, I'm on medication now, but, I mean, it's, it's controlled. My seizures are controlled with yeah. the medication. Right. And I'm very limited to, I mean, somewhat limited right. to what I can do. Mm-hmm. But I just, through all this, Mother, I just wanted to share this, that Christ touches all of us. Right. And it's just so overwhelming. Every night I feel, feel the Holy Spirit pulling me down on my knees to say the Holy Rosary. Mm-hmm. And once or twice a day, I feel this. Right. And I want, you to, I want you to know that I pray for you, too. Thank you. Thank you. I need that. You know, that's so true that sometimes, oh, well, I would say all the time, when we're in dire straits or we have a handicap or great pain, the Lord can do and will do wondrous things, providing our faith is high. We don't get bitter and angry and irritable with God. There's where hope comes in. See, faith and hope work so well together. I have to know that God's going to bring good out of this, just like he's bringing good out of your handicap. And we should pray for faith. I pray for faith and hope and love every day. Why? Because all day long, through our actions, through our desires, through the opportunities for virtue that God plants in front of us, we have an opportunity of growing in faith, hope, and love. I'm either going to increase or decrease. You can't stand still. You're in a moving world, and you're moving with it. And, and we need to pray for that. Just say, Lord, I have a hard time believing. I have a hard time with faith. My mother, God bless her, had a lot of faith. But if I said I was going to do this, she'd say, How do you know? You should. I'd say, Well, I don't know I should. Then why are you going to do it? I said, Well, I feel I should. I thought you didn't know you felt you should. <laughs> Well, by that time, I didn't know whether I should or not. (laughs) But, you see, sometimes we do have that tendency to want a proof. And then I have faith. You don't need a proof. If you need a proof, you can't even have faith. What are you going to have faith in? It's like for all these people want a sign. I'm not against some signs. But they got to have a sign for everything. Lord, if you want me to do this, give me a rose today. Well, it may be the middle of December. How are you going to get a rose today? Maybe you will get a rose. But we just want to ask Jesus, is this for my good? Then I want it. If it isn't for my good, well, then I, I accept that. The problem I have is sometimes I pray for things I don't know even why I'm praying for them. Did you ever do that? Huh? Did you ever think you wanted something you don't even know why? You don't know what you're going to do with it after you get it? 
That's what this whole television network is about. <laughs> this whole television network is the time that one time I went to Channel 38 in Chicago and I stood in that doorway. I saw this tiny little studio and I thought, wow, it don't take much to reach the masses. And I said, Lord, I got to have one of these. <laughs> I didn't have the slightest idea what I was saying or what I would do with it after I got it. See, that's the beauty of faith. You don't need to know. It takes the, 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 the beauty of it out. We, we need that kind of faith that says, Lord, do you want me to do this? Yes. Okay, we're going on. Are we going to know the end? No. But these women, you see, they all had an action. They all went to the tomb. They all had love. They, not, not one of them was sure what they would find. They were sure they weren't going to find a, a, a missing body. But they all did something. Their love pushed them to do something. And we continue on here with our next topic, how often should I go to confession? Now, this is something you probably mm -hmm. are asked a lot about, right? Mother gives great advice here, and I really think, yeah, once a month is a great frequency for people, for most people. Some people want to go more often, which is fine and is good. You know, one of the spots that I really like on EWTN that's been produced is this couple having this argument almost on the verge of divorce, and then uh, the f husband storms out, and then... When the wife later goes to confession, he's coming out of the confessional. And, you know, that's one of the things that the confessional brings about. It's like saying, I'm part of the problem, and I'm acknowledging I'm part of the problem. And you receive healing. It's really a great source of unity for family life, for work life, just for our own interior peace. Absolutely. And I think, you know, sometimes people get confused because they talk about Easter duty. So people say, well, the church says I don't have to go mm -hmm. unless I have knowledge of grievous sin right. once a year. But it's not just about that because his mother says you don't want to wait for the biggies. <laughs> right. And it's not about minimalism, right? What's the minimum I can do to get by? Well, the church doesn't lay heavy burdens too heavy to carry. She says, You've got to at least do this, right? If your soul is going to be alive, you have to at right. least do this. But, we're, of course, we're encouraged to do much more. That's because it's good for us. It's like going to the doctor. Once a year might not be a bad idea. How often should I go to confession? Let's see what Mother has to say. So we have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother? Yeah. Um, I have a question. How often should I go to confession? Yeah. Um, I'm a convert, and I have some cradle Catholics that haven't been in years and years. Yeah. And I was wondering um, what is usual. Um. Well, I, I think uh, it, it, the obligation we should call Easter duty. Remember that? Now, every, everybody over 60 remembers Easter duty. <laughs> uh, uh, and that was you had to go to confession community at least once a year, Easter time. Okay. But I would think in my own heart if you went once a month, now, if you want to go every week, wonderful. And you say, why do you want to go every week? That's ridiculous. Oh, no. See, why do we have to keep distinguishing, although we must and we do, between mortal sins, venial sins? But if I really want to, to love the Lord, I want to know myself. I want to know in what ways I am not like Jesus. See? 
What would happen if a child uh, did something minor? Spill the garbage. It's not much spilling garbage. Is that much spilling garbage? No. Did they get a lot spilling their garbage? No. Okay. But he does it every afternoon. Is <laughs> <laughs> that a big thing, spilling garbage? Every afternoon? See what I'm trying to say? We always spill garbage here and there. See? And I like to go and say, Jesus, I'm very sorry. I was unkind today. I was uncharitable. I, I really, I lost my temper. I was, I was not sensitive to the, to the feelings of others. I was uh, angry, jealous. I was um, uh, uh, proud, arrogant. And, and I, I just want to say I'm sorry. When that priest gives you absolution, you have just grown in self-knowledge and you have allowed the precious blood of Jesus to pour down upon you. So, you know, I don't wait for biggies. I hope in my life I don't ever have a biggie, you know what I mean? I'd be in a wrong place if I did. I go every week. I'm not telling you to imitate me. But I, I, I want to have that, that sacrament. But when I, when I hear that lay people haven't gone in years, oh, see that? You know, you and I are, we, life and people being as they are, nobody will tell me we're all the immaculate conception. We're not. So I, and what you ask my opinion, I don't know. I really, I, I feel that if that allows people who are in grave sin that gives them a false impression that they don't need to go to confession after that, I think that would, that would be wrong, see. But I don't think that's what they say. I think they, what they say, if anyone has a grievous sin, they must go privately. But I, I never heard a church where they said everybody, no matter what, can get absolved in general. I, I never heard of that. But now maybe that's what some do, but I don't know. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we appreciate you staying with us for part two of Answering the Call. I'm Doug Keck along with Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our chaplain here at EWTN. Next up, we got a topic, Start Praising God. Uh, do we ever stop? See, Mother talks like this is a remedy for when we really feel dry. Mm -hmm. Just praise the Lord praise him for all the good things and yet we're going to experience dryness in prayer too i really like her insight where she says that when i'm feeling consoled and just so full of god jesus is consoling me when i'm feeling dry i'm to console him that i'm here i don't feel it you know i'm feeling kind of miserable or tired today but i'm here because i love you lord we're consoling him it was interesting too. I, in the in the call, the lady talks about how she, enthusiastic she was, and everything started mm -hmm. out. And she says, "Oh, things right. got dry at Lent." But that's also a, a typical experience. Many times when people's spiritual life takes off, you're given right. that, those kind of extra injections. Mm -hmm. But then that's going to 
over a period of time slow down and you have to be able to continue on right that's where growth happens right that we're not after the consolations of god but the god who gives those consolations we talk about first fervor in the religious life too that you enter religious life and you're just so full of fervor but then there's this dryness where you're having to choose to love God. Right, very much as they talk about. I know a marriage counter always talked about in, in choosing to love your spouse when mm -hmm. you don't feel loving towards right. them, but you make that decision to love them. And Mother talks about in this whole section about the idea of how important it is to start praising God. Let's see what she had to say. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. And what is your question? God bless you, sister. Thank you for accepting my, my call. Um, I called because a little over a year ago, I joined the Dominican Third Order. Good. And um, it was the, probably the happiest thing that ever happened to me. And I had the grace of just the, a prayer, the Christian Liturgy of the Hours. I yeah. prayed every day, and it was wonderful. I would just sit and cry and have revelations. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, I see how this, this, what this means now. And I understood it and prayed it fervently for about a year. And, but the last few months, especially since Lent started, I'm having a problem. I, I see it, and I'm like, but I have dishes. I have laundry. I'll do that. I know. I'll pray it all at one time tonight. And I put it off and put it off, and I'll pray my rosary only because this is my obligation, but not with this great fervent love. And I was told to read St. Teresa of Avila's book, Interior Castles, and I thought, but this is a great saint chosen by God. She, of course, she has dry spells, and it means something. But me, I'm just a housewife. You know, what could this mean for me? I feel, I, I pray that I'm not losing my love and my fervor for prayer. I'll hang up now and listen to your response. Okay, but you see, you said something that almost answered your question. You said it started at the beginning of Lent. Know what you said? At the beginning of Lent, see, the Lord wants you to suffer with Him this Lent. Maybe He wants you to suffer from the loneliness He had in the garden. You see, in our prayer life, we can't have heaven all the way to heaven. <laughs> you just can't. God doesn't remove graces from you when it's dryness or it's difficult to pray. See, you know how I, th I think about it? I think when I'm consoled, that Jesus is consoling me, right? Hmm? When I feel dry and desolate and all this worried and frustrated, and I just sit there and say, Lord, here I am, a miserable creature, but I love you. What am I doing there? Hmm? I'm consoling him. The consolation goes both ways. And, and I, I can't expect consolations all the time. I have to strengthen my will. I have to love God with a pure love. I have to love God as much when I'm not consoled as when I'm, I do that with my will. I have to say I love you when I'm desolate, when I'm dry, when I'm frustrated, when I'm, I'm worried about something. I, I just can't go up and down like this. See, I have to just go like this. In good times and bad times, you, I, don't you, isn't that what you say when you got married? You all been married. You all married. You say in good times, bad times, huh? Do you just go off and trace off somewhere when your husband gets sick, huh? <laughs> Is that what you do? 
No, you you have to. You got to stay there. See, it doesn't. It's, and it's the same with God. He wants you to grow. He wants you to love him and grow in faith. Oh, wow. Let me tell you something. In good times, now remember this. In good times, we enjoy faith. Hmm? You enjoy faith. In bad times, you exercise faith. See? It's easy for me to love God when I feel like it. Feel all bubbly inside. You ever feel bubbly inside? Huh? Did you ever feel bubbly inside when you're loving God? What happens when all the bubbles go away? You have to act the same. You have to go on being good, being virtuous, <coughs> saying your prayers. See, you say them for poor sinners. You say them for yourself. You pray to console the Lord. I tell you one thing might help you. Start praising God. I praise you, Lord. I love you. I adore you. I ask pardon for those who do not love you, do not praise you, and do not adore you. But see, if you can say that without consolation, you really love God. And closing out this week's program, we have a call about that's the whole point. So the whole point is, is it a man you're confessing to or what, Father? You know, it's interesting. I was getting gas at a, near the shrine. I was having mass there the next day, and this young guy pulls up and he says, uh, so what's with the robes? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm a priest, Catholic priest over at the shrine. He said, you got confessions out there? I thought, here we go. And he said, and I said, yes. He said, uh, I've always wanted to do that. You know, it's like he had a sense, too, that he wanted to go to confession. He wanted to hear the Lord say that you are forgiven. And this is a sacrament that the Lord has instituted. Think about Matthew chapter 9, where Jesus heals the crippled man. He first, he forgives his sins, so that you might know the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. And then in John 20, he breathes on the apostles whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven them. So it comes from Christ so that it can be this instrument given through his authority to forgive sins. And his mother said, that's the whole point. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. This is Tim from Anderson, Indiana. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, I've just recently be able to, been able to tune your show in, and I'm, I'm very happy to be able to get it. Thank you. Uh, my question is concerning uh, confession and, and telling other people that are not Catholic uh, about confession or if they uh, happen to uh, strike up conversation about that. They tend to ask, why do you need to confess your sins to a man? Yeah. Why can't you just confess to God and through your faith? Uh, you'll know that he forgives your sins. What, what do I tell people? Well, you don't confess to a man, you see. <laughs> That's the whole point. Uh, we confess to God. There's a little part here in the uh, Vatican documents here. 
It says it was to Peter that the Lord said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. It says to Peter now, amen. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. See, it gives a man uh, ordained by God that other Christ to forgive your sins. God forgives your sins. And the priest said, I absolve you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and you see, there is that closeness of God, Christ, and the, and the, and the priest that Jesus does forgive you. It's not to a mere man, but to a mere man was given the power to bind and to loose. And, and that's, that's from the scripture. So we, we have a habit of being a cafeteria Catholics and cafeteria scripture people. So we pick out what we like and then we, we omit everything else. The Eucharist, there's nothing as clear, I think, as far as our documents as baptism the Eucharist and confession in the scriptures, everything is in there, all the sacraments, but those three are so clear. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.